Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So a lot of you listeners often ask what my background is, and if you tune in frequently to the podcast, I do talk about it. For those that don't know, I run a marketing company called Bash Solutions, which specializes in custom websites, content creation, and consulting based up here in cold and snowy Rochester, New York. With clients in the wrestling world alone, ranging from Cal Sanderson and Jordan Burroughs to the Nittany Line Wrestling Club and Helen Maroulis, we've been busy over the past decade proving why we're the best and earning trust all throughout the U.S., And we're not limited to wrestling by any means. We help businesses of all shapes and sizes from barbecue and butcher shops in Arizona like Snowflake Smokehouse to the largest Chevy dealership in the world right here in Rochester, New York, Bob Johnson, and everyone in between. Whether it's building a new custom website or implementing new digital strategies to streamline your business, Bash Solutions is trusted by businesses and brands across the country for a reason. You can learn more about Bash Solutions by visiting BashSolutions.com or head over to Facebook or Instagram Search Bash Solutions to see what we're up to. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley, and if you want to catch up on the latest in amateur and Olympic wrestling, there's only one podcast to listen to. Subscribe to Bashamania, the Bashamania podcast, and have a nice day. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bashmania podcast. This is episode 85, and I'm your host, Justin Bash. Today, we have our sixth Olympic gold medalist joining the podcast. As Kyle Snyder, world Olympic NCAA champion, joins the show. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bash. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast oh yeah and we are here with captain america kyle snyder how are you man good man thanks for having me on i appreciate it of course you know like many wrestling fans around the world now i'm fascinated by your career and your story and also as a christian your faith intrigues me because you can see it and i'm going to touch on a couple things throughout that I've noticed and I I can't wait to try to see what kind of feedback you give, but let's start right back at the beginning. Tell me, you know, I know you grew up in Woodbine, Maryland. What got you started in wrestling? The first two sports I played were wrestling and football. And, um, I, I played football, you know, in the fall, I think I started playing football when I was five years old and I, and I, uh, my dad's friends saw me play football and they saw like that I was real aggressive and stuff. <laughs> so they thought, yeah. <laughs> so they thought that uh, wrestling would be a good winter sport for me. And then my pop-up grandpa 
he wrestled as well in high school and stuff. He's the only one in my family that wrestled before us. So, you know, he kind of, uh, pushed me into wrestling too, a little bit. So it was a mixture of those two things that got me into it. And did you, were you good right away? I mean, it's obviously, you know, you didn't give up a single loss the first three years of high school going 179. No, but you also only gave up one takedown. So you got good really quick. What was that ascension like to get to that point to where, Hey man, I'm pretty good at this thing. I was always pretty good for um, my age and weight. Cause I was always a bigger kid. Yeah. So when I would wrestle on like age weight brackets, I would do pretty well. I wasn't the best starting out but i was pretty good you know and then but i yeah i would wrestle a lot of tournaments that were just strict straight weight so no age so i was wrestling people that were older than me a lot and i i i uh didn't start you know winning those until i was like seventh or eighth grade that's when i started like doing well no matter what age group i was in and then yeah and, you know, as you continued having that early success, I mean, you were undefeated in the Ironman, Beast of the East three times, the Power Rate, and so on. Did you start at an early age to feel the pressure of being better? Not necessarily even the desire to be better, but did you ever start to feel a pressure? You know, as you started, especially I know on the senior level and through college, there was that expectation that you were going to win every match, never losing your life. I'm curious if you ever felt that pressure you know, early on, like when that might've started? I didn't really feel it uh, too much early on because I was always training with uh, people who could beat me. Yep. So in competition, I was winning, but a lot of practices I was losing. So I didn't have like, uh, yep. I didn't have like, um, I guess, I knew I had a sense of reality. I was like, I'm not, I'm people, I win a lot in competition wrestling guys in high school, but you know, I'm losing to the third string guy on a college team. It's like, you know, so I'm not where I'd like to be yet. So I didn't have a, I was just still really focused internally on wanting to get better and wanting to be able to wrestle with those guys that I train with and stuff like that. And I don't even want to get too far into this conversation without asking about your faith you know, when did your faith start to play a role in your career? Um, well, I, my faith really started when I moved out to the Olympic Training Center my senior year of high school. And I was there with Coach Slay and Coach Zadick and a man named Gene Davis. And they had Bible studies, were very open about their faith and invited me to church and different stuff like that. So I started going to that uh, each week. And that's when I started to really grow a lot of my faith and then continued to grow. And uh, I think the Lord was still pulling me in uh, throughout my freshman year of college. And then after my, you know, faith was a big part of my life, but I wasn't 100% committed yeah. uh, at that point. And then after my freshman year, when I lost in the NCAA finals, that's after that match is when I started to really commit to the Lord. Like, I mean, I know what commitment is. So commit to the Lord. Like I know what a hundred percent is. Yeah. And that's when, um, things started, my face started being, uh, becoming a large part of, uh, the way that I wrestled, the way that I think about competition and not just something to do, but who I am. 
And I'm curious because it's so funny to see where and how God ministers to all of us exactly where we are. And, you know, it seems like for you is when you got out to the Olympic Training Center, that's when God really started to speak to you. I'm curious what led you to the Olympic Training Center, because that seems like a divine intervention that God kind of set that up to get you out to the Olympic Training Center. So, you know, it sounds like before you went out there, God's kind of knocking on your heart. Then you get out there and it really happens. What led you to wanting to go to the Olympic Training Center your senior year? Basically wrestling, because um, I had, you know, was traveling all over the state to wrestle with the best guys I could possibly wrestle with. I was going to different colleges to wrestle with college guys during their RTC practice and camps and stuff like that. So, and then I did well at the field of juniors, my junior year, I made it to the finals of the world team trials and the coaches you know, we're looking for guys to come out there and train in this developmental program. And, um, you know, I was like, sounds like a good idea. I was, it was good for me because I was mature enough to where I knew, uh, that I wasn't going to make any, uh, dumb decisions and I could be on my own kind of, and I would still be focused on the right things. And, um, so my parents, went out there with me and we visited and checked things out and, and uh, I mean, it made a lot of sense because there was Dustin Kilgore, John Reeder, Jack Jensen, um, my roommate Garrett Ryan, Brooks Clemens. There was a lot of guys around my weight that I could be pushed with every yeah. day. So that's wrestling led me out there. Uh, so I'm thankful for that. Yeah, for sure. And then what led you to Ohio state? Um, same thing basically I went I was visiting a lot of schools unofficially and uh Ohio State's regional training center was the most attractive part of uh the university to me I mean of course I thought that we could win team titles and um the coaches were like a part of the RTC so you know that's obviously really good and then my before I think the year that I committed, Ohio RTC had five out of the seven guys on the world team. So, and near my weight, there was Keith Gavin, J.D. Bergman, Nick Heflin, Tervell, Tavanello, Kenny Quartz. Um, so there was just a lot of people for me to train with, and uh, I always do well, do best in environments when I get, when I have people who are, you know, really like minded and are going to give a hundred percent in every practice, and uh, that's what it was like. That's what it was when I got there. And after your freshman year, you know, it was a tight window. If I remember correctly, you lost to Kaivon Gatson in the finals of the NCAAs. And then you went right off and you had a lot of senior level success. At the same time as when you really committed your life to the Lord and really felt that all in commitment, what changes did you feel after saying, all right, I really got to give God everything. How did that impact your career moving forward? Yeah, it was... I mean, it was only six months from the day that the six months from being second and then, you know, college wrestling to being the best person in the world. So it was pretty crazy how fast everything changed. And um, uh, I just uh, felt I, I was I was I was really good my freshman year of college, better than I competed. And I was wrestling with Travell and JD in the practice room and um doing well with them you know like I wasn't beating them at that point but I could we could have like legit matches yeah so I knew that I was and those guys were 
some of the best guys in the world. So I knew right. like I was good enough to wrestle with those guys, but I just was afraid of losing. And I had too much of who I was wrapped up in uh, whether or not I won or lost uh, wrestling match. And then a lot of that felt faded away after, um, after I committed more to the Lord. So a lot of those like negative feelings and anxiety and all that stuff kind of just faded away. And then, I mean, when I go back and watch my 2015 world championships, like there's a couple situations in, uh, earlier rounds and even in the finals where I'm just like, I mean, God had to have helped me there. <laughs> you know, like I was like on the, I was, I should have stepped out and I like somehow did it and he did, you know? And it was just like, so I think, uh, I, I believe God just blessed that. Uh, and wanted, wanted me to know that he was with me and he did it through, uh, wrestling. And, um, so I was just, uh, I think, it was uh, I was more clear-minded and able to compete really with all the gifts that he had given me. I think beforehand you were just in practice. You would have said if you saw me in practice, you would have said, "Oh, this guy's one of the best guys in the world." But then you saw me in competition. He's like, you know, this guy's vying for a national title in collegiate wrestling. But yeah. you know, when you take away all the stress and all that stuff that comes with uh, being too wrapped up in yourself, then you can compete better. And it's funny, you know, whether it's competitions and, and wrestling or whether it's just life, relationships, business, when you take away the things that God doesn't have for you, it's amazing how much easier everything is. Like we overcomplicate it so much by adding in the stress, the negativity. And, you know, even as a Penn State guy, it was always fun watching you in college because you were always up for a challenge, you know, and big ones at that. I believe your finals in 2018 was like a 60 pound difference, one of the biggest in NCAA wrestling history. I'm curious, you know, what has fueled you to seek out challenges like that? Um, I'm just, I don't even really know if it's, I'm seeking the challenge out or if it's just, uh, I'm not afraid of that type of stuff. So, yeah. you know, to, to be the, who I'm going to wrestle, it doesn't make an impact on decisions that I'm going to make. You know, I don't, it didn't matter to me that Gwiz was in the weight class when I went up to heavyweight my sophomore year, I'm, I was focused on just doing what God wanted me to do. And I felt like God wanted me to wrestle heavyweight and come back. So that's what I did. And the, ch the challenge, I mean, that's, those are the guys that, uh, I want to wrestle, but if they weren't in the way, if they weren't in the weight or, uh, you know, if it was just me, I would have still done it, but it just happened that there's these tough guys in my weight class and I get to compete against them. Yeah, and also unique about your college career is winning a World and Olympic Championship. You know, that doesn't happen often where somebody wins it, goes back to college and stuff. And, you know, I've talked to a number of Olympic gold medalists on this podcast, but you're the only one who came back to win an NCAA championship. And I'm curious, a lot of these athletes have that kind of Olympic hangover where you're in the media, you're in the limelight, you're on NBC Today, you're on Good Morning America, you're, you're the pinnacle of the spotlight in the sport. And then there's often uh like a hangover from it and the the attention's gone the media's gone everything's gone and there's kind of a void and being a christian you don't find your worth in that stuff and i'm curious what it was like for you after winning the olympics to have that college focus there where there wasn't as much of a emptiness 
as a lot of athletes feel because there's something something going yeah. on right away after that yeah no i felt i've uh my parents are have always been so good to me and so honest with me and uh, i talk to my dad a lot about different things and he always along with my faith, he always keeps me very grounded and focused on the right things, you know? So I was thinking about not coming back to college and I was talking to my dad and it was all about money, you know? And he was like, well, I didn't know you wanted to be the richest man in the world. I thought you wanted to be the <laughs> greatest wrestler in the world. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> uh, he, my dad helps me a lot uh, to stay focused on the right things. And he all my parents and family and sports system also make it sure I'm making the right decisions in regards to, you know, how many interviews do you need to do and how yeah. many shows do you need to be on? And is it worth it to miss practice for this? So I've talked to them a lot about that type of stuff. And we work through those things to just make sure that I'm still focused on uh, what I need to be focused on and what I believe God's made me to do uh, for this time period in my life and um at the end of the day you know god has god made me a competitor and a fighter and uh you know i believe this is what i was born to do so when i step on the mat it's like i'm as hungry as i've throughout that whole time i was never i wasn't ever uh didn't ever look i did not look forward to practice i did not look forward to competition you know and i think also a lot of it has to do with the way that i train i wasn't overtrained. i felt like i was getting a lot of rest so i was looking forward to competing and uh doing the things that i've been working on was winning the olympics you've won so many different accolades and titles do you think winning the olympics was the greatest high of your career so far the great, the only time I've ever cried after a wrestling match was in 2015. After I won a wrestling match yeah. was in 2015. So that was the coolest. Uh, that was the coolest thing for me because, especially being here in the states, I was there in Vegas. Yeah. That was a great time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was 9/11, you know, and uh, yeah. and in the United States, wrestling, uh, Gadisov was like pound for pound number one in the world that year, and. Um, he was actually somebody that I looked up to as a, I mean, I watched him since I was in middle school, Russell. Yeah. So I thought he was a beast. And I remember, um, people were congratulating my coach, high school coach on getting me getting silver before the finals even happened <laughs> because this guy was so good. So I was yeah. just like, to be able to beat him was crazy. And after, uh, making, uh, a greater commitment to the Lord and all the training and, um, losing, like losing a wrestling match. Isn't a big, isn't a big deal to me now. I mean, I don't want to lose yeah. and you know, everybody wants to win and stuff like that. But when I lost my freshman year, it was heartbreaking for me. And, um, because I was so wrapped up in, you know, being a four time champ and being the greatest ever and, how much it meant to me personally. So yeah. then to be able to change a lot of ways that I thought and uh, to still have success and stuff like that, it was cool. 
And you talk about those highs and lows, right? Devastating loss in NCAAs, winning the world championship right here in the U.S. on 9-11. I'm curious how your faith in the Lord has helped you balance those highs and lows. You know, I know you mentioned wins and losses don't define you. And similarly with highs and lows, so many people struggle. I think it's only human nature to struggle with that balance of being on the top of the world. The best, the best things just happen. And right away, life's got a funny way of humbling. You know, I'm curious how your faith has helped you kind of navigate through those highs and lows? Yeah. Well, I just know that the Lord is always with me, whether I'm on the peak of the mountain or I'm in the valley. uh, He's always with me. And um, even if I don't feel like he's with me, his word tells me he's with me. Amen. So I just always remind myself of that. And um, I believe uh, what the, what the word says more than what, uh, how I feel or my emotions. And, uh, I just take it to heart and that makes everything much easier in life. For sure. And you know, when I watch you give interviews, like the one after worlds in 2018, where you mentioned the line about wins and losses, not defining you, that was after you lost it to July of, and you know, you had such a solid demeanor and I was really reminded of First Timothy 6, 6, which says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. And you can tell you have that peace about your competition and about your career. You're not doing it for vain glory. And I think it was almost like in the interviews, they were kind of pressing you for more disappointment. And, you know, as a business owner, I always try to have that balance of hunger for more, but balancing it with that contentment. And I'm curious at how you found that contentment to where, like you said, I don't like winning or I don't like losing, but I also don't, it's not going to define me if I lose. And I'm curious how you balance that hunger for more with having contentment with the outcome, irregardless of that. Yeah. Well, I think for me, it's just about knowing the Lord and doing what he wants me to do. And like, for example, in in wrestling, I believe God wants me to uh, compete a specific way, train a specific way and, uh, use the gifts that he's given me with a hundred percent of, uh, with a hundred percent effort. So as not so that I can win more wrestling matches, so, but so that I can know him in a deeper mm-hmm. way. And, um, but if I win more wrestling matches, fun, you know, I love competing <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. And if your business grows fun, yeah, that's great. But at the same time, like, yeah, business growing or not growing, winning wrestling matches or not winning wrestling matches. It's all in God's hands. And I'm always focused on him no matter what, but I, it does, that has, that doesn't stop me. I, if you, if you were to see me train and, you know, see me to compete, you would think, well, this guy's really hungry to win. But in my heart, it's not about a hunger to win. It's about, um, knowing the Lord. Yeah. And, you know, I usually ask a lot of guests how they handle big losses and they fought through adversity, but I don't as often get the opportunity to ask people how they endured so much success and putting aside the pride and humility like we're biblically called to do. You've seemed on the surface, at least to navigate those wins and losses as well. And I'm curious what advice you'd have for the young competitors now who you see these kids competing year round. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. They're looking at every ranking. They're trying to win everything. There's a lot of pressure on them i'm curious what advice you'd have if there's younger listeners right now who are starting that period in their life where they're having a lot of success and they want to be where you are where david is and jordan are what advice you might have for them yeah i mean i don't look at 
I don't look at rankings at all. I don't look at social media at all. Um, I don't, uh, you know, care about what other people say about me and uh, my wrestling. So I think those things right there can help a young athlete. I think that social media is, um, can be very negative for the most part for, for a lot of people, uh, especially athletes, because you just hear, you can see, you can find negative things about yourself and, you know, it's just not good for you. So I felt, I feel better not being on social media and I actually feel more motivated to do the things that really matter to me, which, uh, you know, growing in my faith and wrestling and all that, um, all that stuff. So those are some of the things that I would tell the younger kids. And then of course, it's like, you got to know, uh, who you are. If you know who you are and you're solid in that, then it doesn't really matter what happens to you because, uh, I, we're children of the most high God. And that's what is the most firm thing in my heart. So winning and losing a wrestling match or what people say or any of that stuff doesn't affect that uh, because our father is the only voice that matters to us. So that's what I would tell kids. You got you to gotta study the Bible and fellowship with other Christians and figure out who you are. And then everything else is, I mean, we're going to go through difficulties and stuff like that, but we can be at peace even in that. And do you bounce back quickly after certain defeats? You know, I remember you tweeting about beating Penn State in the duel or stuff about, you know, what said you live and going back and forth and all these things. And so many times you you see the success of that. And other times there's the failure in that, but you don't seem to be moved. What is your perspective when you endure hardship or you endure that disappointment? Well, I'm always thinking, what is God teaching me in this? That's one of the first questions I ask myself I believe I believe I know everything's spiritual so losing a wrestling match to me isn't just uh well I mean the guy was better than me there's more to it there's something that God wants me to learn from it sometimes he reveals it to me sometimes he doesn't but it's a good perspective either way to have uh because you want to be listening to what God has to say and then I mean when I start with that um you know, everything else just kind of uh, falls in line. And um, Coach Coach Kale said this the other day. He was like, he said, like, after winning the Olympics, or he said before winning the Olympics, uh, he was like, carry sticks, uh, get water. And then after winning the Olympics, carry sticks, get water. You know, it's like, you know, you're just the same. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's no big deal. And success and defeat, it's like, you just know who you are and uh, continue to uh, be motivated to grow closer to the Lord. And is that at this point, what your motivation is to continue to win more gold? You know, in my head, I always try to think as I'm doing a podcast, what I would caption it sometimes to really minister and reach people. And I feel like the perfect title for this episode is your quest for more. And then in parentheses, than gold, you still want more gold, but you're on a quest for more than that. And I'm curious what continues to motivate you to, you know, you, you've won every accolade. You've got them all, right? At this point, what continues to motivate you for more? It's, you know, it's interesting because I'm, I feel more motivated in my life right now 
in regards to the wrestling man ever before. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. Five <laughs> other people in the world right now. I'm on notice. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I, and I don't really, other than it being from God working within me, I don't really know why, like you said, um, I, I, I could be, I could be satisfied with what I've done, but in me, I am not satisfied at all. You know, like I, and if I, if I were to stop wrestling, then very quickly I could change and be like, it's all good. You know, this is what God wanted for me. But in my heart right now, I just have this burning desire to uh, wrestle the way that he wants me to. And to, I mean, I just want to destroy everybody that I wrestle and uh, I know that he's put it in me to do it. So I'm very motivated right now. Yeah, and last year you made a move that's kind of in line with that, you know, wanting to continue to get better. You made a move over to the NLWC, and I can't imagine how hard that was. You know, Penn State, a rival school in college, and, you know, going back again, tweeting out, you know, I want to beat Penn State, and then kind of humbling yourself <laughs> to right now, this is the best thing for me. What went into that move to the NLWC, and how do you think it's been going over this past year? Yeah, it was a, it was a long process in regards to, you know, what went into it and, I think uh, slowly God was showing me that me and my wife, that this is the best thing for us and uh, for both of us. So, um, yeah, I mean, the simple answer is I believe that God wanted me to move, wanted me to move here. So wanted us to move here, me and my wife, Maddie. So that's what we did. But, you know, there was just a lot of different things that uh, went into it and uh, just, look at them all and see what God's trying to show you. And the move has been uh, great. We just, uh, we just now got into our house a couple weeks ago. So that's, thanks. Yeah. So that's been cool being able to settle down here. My wife got into medical school at Penn state. So she's like, she's going to school a mile from where, you know, we trained. So that's pretty awesome. Um, and that was a big part of, uh, you know, we were Lord willing, hoping that she would get into school and that she did. So that's been really cool. And then, um, technically and mentally and, uh, all of that, uh, has just been really good since I've been here. I remember when I like came out here to talk to the coaches, uh, it's funny. One of the things that coach Cody said, he was like, you know, I, I really think that Kale can help you mentally. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, Mentally, I need to. I need technical work, man. I feel <laughs> mentally that's where much of my strong suit is. But uh, it Kale really has helped me uh, mentally, and um, just thinking about things a little differently, and it's been good, and it's all in line with you know how God wants us to think, and uh, so it's everything's been really good. Yeah, Cal was on here a few weeks ago in a rare interview, (laughs) and he he mentioned that you're one of few guys that really want to continue to get better and continue to improve. And, you know, he mentioned that's the reason going to senior nationals, wanting to get better. You know, is that something of coming here has kind of reignited that fuel to constantly want to get better? And as you, you know, have these coaches and, and Cody and Casey and Cal, is it that itch even more to compete and to get better and say, I want to try this? Like you can kind of see, I'm not the most technical fan, but I can see you trying new stuff when you go to a tournament and it's refreshing. There's a lot of guys who just kind of plateau. They, they train to win. They don't train to get better. And I'm curious if that's something that's been kind of paying off since your move to LWC. 
Yeah, for sure. I've, I've learned, I've learned a lot of new things and I know that I need to compete if I'm going to put them in practice and yeah. the times that matter most. And, you know, this year it's two tournaments that really everyone's thinking about the Olympic trials and the Olympic games. So that's what my schedule's, um, uh, you know, based around. So, uh, you know, I, I want to wrestle in uh, as many tournaments that make sense for me to be able to w- use the things that I've been working on in practice and uh, execute them against live competition, people that are really fighting and stuff like that. So, yeah, they've we've been working on a lot of stuff. So it's been good. And everybody got kind of nervous when you had that injury. I do want to ask you, how are you doing since senior nationals? I'm doing good. Everything's good. No problem. That's awesome. And, you know, speaking of the NLWC, another big brand partner you've been involved with is Rudis for quite some time. And, you know, I, I do, I think there's a lot of people that look up to you from a brand standpoint. You put out a lot of great content. I was actually, I was going through Instagram yesterday and sound was on of the, the video you posted working out. And my wife was in the room. She goes, is that a dog? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's just Kyle grunting through his workouts. You know, you got great content. You've got 269,000 followers on Instagram and you seem to have a you seem to have a good perspective as I talk to you about not getting caught up in what others say and think about you and similarly you know advice for enduring success I'm curious your perspective on giving place to your brand not completely ignoring it but not getting lost in it yeah well I think Rudis is really my biggest uh ally in regards to uh, building a brand and, uh, making sure that type of stuff is taking control. It's like Rudis wants me to win wrestling matches and, you know, I want to win wrestling matches and, uh, in the process of doing that, you know, they, they're a lot smarter at marketing and they're a lot better than I am at, um, uh, that type of stuff. So they will, you know, strategically plan out all the different things to make sure that uh, it's benefiting both of us. So that's the way that, um, you know, we think about it. And, yeah, I mean, I'm the, I'm the wrestler. That's who, that's who I am. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're the, they're the people that take care of all that other stuff. So it sounds like what you're saying in one way is to trust those around you to help, to help you where you and yeah. I, you might not excel, right? You're not a guy who wants to sit there thinking about every caption, thinking about this. So you have to trust those people around you to help you and not do everything yourselves. You know, it is getting easier and easier to make content and post it, but it seems like you've got that good balance. So I'm assuming you don't go into social media too much to read what people are saying. You're trying to keep your head as clear as possible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was watching this one Habib interview and, uh, they were talking to him about uh, different things, and they're like, "What's your favorite movie?" He was like, "I don't watch movies; they make me soft." <laughs> and uh, I was thinking about social media too. I think that anytime you know, like when I see my when I see somebody uh, opponent or somebody say something and it makes me mad, you know, it's like that's just wasted energy. You know, why am I why am I looking at that? You know, instead, let me let me use that energy on them when we compete. So the first time that I want to see them. And the first time that I want to put any energy into them is when we step onto the mat and compete. Yeah. That's what I think about. And especially now when, you know, last year, Jaden Cox announced he's coming up to 97 kilos. 
And I'm curious your perspective on that. And also, I'm assuming your perspective on the social side is to just ignore it and I'll see you on the mat in April. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See see him hopefully before April. Yeah. I'd like to wrestle I'd like to wrestle him before April. But uh Jaden is a good friend of mine, you know. So yeah. it's like I love the guy. Been 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 around him for uh since we were sophomores in high school and uh he's a Christian as well, so he's my brother. But uh, in regards to wrestling, we'll settle it on the date that we wrestle. And from a standpoint of getting ready for the Olympics, you know, if wrestling is such a timing sport, are you as confident now as you've ever been? You tell me you're as hungry as you've ever been. You're as motivated as you've ever been. And I'm curious if that confidence level is right there too right now. Yeah. I mean, I've, I get more and more confident because um, I, I, very diligent in tracking the way that I feel leading up to tournaments and the way that I feel when I train and the correct way to peak and not just the way that I feel, but looking at scientifically the numbers and um, having people, you know, look at the different, um, you know, just examine my recovery and stuff like that. So um, when you have all that data, you can really put together very strong schedules for uh your most important events so that you know that you're uh gonna feel the best and that you're actually you know physically going to be at your very best for that event so i'm confident uh in those things and it's not just going to be you know even the best athletes in in the world i think um you know they don't really know for sure if they're actually going to be at their best some sometimes they are and they and, you know, still the best guys, they, you know, you look at, you watch that documentary, The Last Dance, Michael Jordan's eating pizza, smoking cigars and drinking <laughs> beer, you know, before he goes out and lights it up with 55 points. So it's like, sometimes that you can, you can have that approach, but you know, I have the approach where I want to be as perfect as I can be. So I take everything very seriously. I love it, man. Well, listen, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I appreciate you making some time today to come on the podcast. Any last words you have? If not, we'll uh, see you on the mat soon. Yeah, no, that's it. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Awesome, man. We'll chat soon. Cool. See ya. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.